Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast. We are super excited about today's call, but before we begin the interview, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching, with our product of the week. Jesse, tell us about the product that you discovered. The product that I love in the shop is the Bikini Bite Roll-On Suit Fastener. And, you know, Bucklew has kind of become the running joke in pageantry. It's kind of like a secret society we all belong to because we get it, but it is so important and you can't use just any glue. So this glue is perfect for that exact need of fastening your swimsuit in place before competition. Okay. So for the girl who's maybe just completely new to pageantry, tell them like, what is butt glue? What purpose does it serve? And actually how they can apply the bikini bite. So butt glue is important because during swimsuit competition, if you're on stage and your suit in the rear is riding up and giving you a little bit of a wedgie, um, the judges can be distracted because your suit isn't in place. And two, it might not show up your show off your physique as well. So the butt glue, how it is applied is you kind of bunch up your suit in the back, um, making a little less coverage and then roll on the buckloo where your suit would be and then have a friend. If you have a friend backstage with you, or if there's a helper, she will pull the suit and place it over and just kind of hold it in place for about five seconds and you should be good to go. Okay. Now after the swimsuit phase of competition, maybe they have to slide back into their evening gown. I mean, do they just put the evening gown over top of their bikini bottoms or do you wipe the stuff off? How's that work? So this particular um, roll-on glue is removable with water, which is so important because especially if you have a really fitted gown, you don't want that glue residue to hinder your performance in evening gown either. So the fact that this washes off really easily with, with a washcloth and water makes a huge difference. Okay. And then now a problem that some girls have with butt glue is when they throw it in their bag and it kind of tilts to its side there's leakage um, and it does get on their wardrobe. Now, does this have a tendency to leak? Do you know that? No, it doesn't have a tendency to leak. It is completely sealed. Um, but as always, pageant girls were always prepared. So I always recommend putting any kind of glue or liquid or adhesive inside a Ziploc bag when you're traveling to and from because bags get jostled around and things happen. But this particular product is very, very safe to use when traveling. And this is pretty hard to find. I mean, you can't just go into your normal store and just say, okay, I need butt glue. They'll look at you like you have three eyes. Oh my gosh, for sure. So I've seen girls use Elmer's glue and Elmer spray glue, and it was like the worst case scenario ever. Um, but then also there's always one girl that has butt glue and she's your go-to. What happens if that one girl isn't at that pageant and nobody has butt glue? So it's so important to have your own supply. That way you're always in the clear. Okay. So where can they find it and how much does it cost and all that good stuff? So you can find the Bikini Bite Roll-On Suit Fastener at shop.thepageantplanet.com and it costs $26.99 and you can get a ton of uses out of it. Probably your lifetime of pageantry needs for a swimsuit and the best part, there's always free shipping and there's no minimum. Awesome. Does this come with an expiration date? Like it's good for a year and then after that you got to buy another one? Uh, no, this should be good for quite a few years actually. Okay. So... $26, great insurance policy to make sure that you've got, one, that you're the go-to girl at the pageant, two, that you're super prepared, and three, that your bikini sticks to your bottom. For sure. And you can always find a friend if you want to split it with them, and then you have your secret supply of buckloo in the corner. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks, Stephen. 
Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Deshauna Barber is the first woman actively serving in the U.S. Army Reserve to win the title of Miss USA after completing her Master's of Science in Computer Information Systems at the University of Maryland. Deshauna returned to live in Washington, D.C. as an IT analyst for the U.S. Department of Commerce. Deshauna has been spending her year as Miss USA working directly with soldiers suffering from PTSD and focusing on suicide prevention in the armed forces. Deshauna is going to share her journey with us from the Miss DC USA stage all the way to the Miss Universe stage where she made it into the top nine. So Deshauna, welcome to the call. Hello. I'm so excited. Thank you guys for having me. And we are equally excited to have you. So diving in, how did your pageant prep change while preparing for Miss DC USA to Miss USA to Miss Universe? Hmm. How did my pageant prep change? I think it became, I don't want to say easier once you win your state title, but it definitely was a little bit less stressful. Um, I, I personally think that winning the state title is, is the, the hardest to win because you're going in there. You don't necessarily have sponsorships yet. You don't have a team that's helping you prepare versus once you win a state title. And once you win your national title, you have an entire team behind you um, that's able to help you and support you when it comes to reaching that next level. So I think that the main thing that changed is my stress level, for sure. Mm. Did you even know where to begin, like when you first started, like you started out for your first state pageant, like how did you even begin to assemble this team or where did you go for information? How did you get started? A funny thing is I was on Pageant Planet before I won Miss DC USA. I, nice. I, I started competing. Right. Nice. I started competing in pageants when I was 19 and um, I didn't win my pageants that I was competing with until um, 2016. So I was 26. So that's seven years of lots of losing. So it, it took me a, a really, really, really long time to understand what it is that I was missing. And um, I, I didn't know where to start. So I would just Google, you know, fun facts and, and, and what to do and what not to do when competing for your pageants. And Pageant Planet was one of the places that I would go. And I also would just ask, uh, ask girls that were tie holders and see if they would respond, seeing if they had any advice. Um, but the main thing I was able to change was just going into the, the interviewer's panel and just being myself. I think that's what took the longest is trying not to be someone that I thought they wanted me to be and focus on just being Deshauna. So um, as soon as I decided to do that in an interview, I saw myself getting more and more successful and eventually winning. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's the biggest thing I, I would use in terms of resources, pageant planning, and then, um, of course, any online article that I could find that had any advice possible to be able to help me along the way. That's awesome. Now, I mean, because we started like seven years ago, which is pretty much mm -hmm. like your timeline. Uh, it'll be eight yep. years in April. So that's, uh, we've been taking this journey together. <laughs> now, Yes, we have. <laughs> did your fitness training or like interview current events training become more intense at each level or was it just building upon previous? Um, I think it became more intense because I feel like 
at the state level, or at least in terms of the pageants that I've competed in, the the questions are are pretty far from from political. Um, versus when you hit the national and the international level, people really want to see what your opinion is about um, international relations and things that are going on in terms of current events. So I I really 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 had to to intensify my training when it comes to understanding what's going on around the world and making sure that I knew what my opinion is about it, just in case someone were to ask me, hey, Miss USA, Miss District of Columbia, USA, whomever, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? I always wanted to make sure that I knew how I felt about it. So when it came to articulating an answer to whatever question, as long as I know how I feel about it, it's way easier to answer versus trying to come up with some rehearsed question or a rehearsed answer to every single question possible. Now, did you just start reading the news more, like checking out BuzzFeed more? What did that look like as far as being more up to date on um, political stuff that's happening around you? Um, it was mainly having a, I, I downloaded a USA Today app and it gives me, in a CNN app, and it gives me automatic, like, um, what do you call it? Automatic notifications on my phone every time something somewhat important kind of pops up on the radar in terms of um, international news. It just pops up and I make sure to go through, read the article and say, OK, Deshana, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And make sure I just kind of have it in my mind, because to me, it's an everyday thing. Um, sometimes people don't start doing interview prep until right before the pageant. I don't think that that smart. I think that it's always important to make sure that you're constantly watching the news. You're constantly um, looking over news articles. You're constantly staying up to date with what's going on. And I don't think that's important just for pageants. I think that's important for life um, to make sure that you understand what's going on in the world. Oh, a hundred percent. And I'm not a big, I, I just never, it's not on my radar to read news. So I keep up with it the same way you do. Just let technology do the work, a push notification, I'm like, oh, okay. And even if I don't have time to read the whole article, a lot can be said just in the title. And you skip Exactly. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, after you, you won, like Miss DC USA, and then moved on to Miss USA, how did your responsibilities as a title holder change? Hmm. My responsibilities as a title holder. Well, as Mrs. District of Columbia, USA, you have a, you're, you're, you're local. Um, so the good thing about DC, I feel so sorry for the Californians and the Texas and the, the Florida's where they have so far to travel when it comes to going to their appearances versus DC. We just have seven square miles to worry about. So my responsibilities kind of just move from being, um, local DC appearances to now being this USA and having to really travel around the world, um, to represent USA. I think that my responsibilities really increase because, it's it's great being this district of Columbia USA, but once you reach that national level, your opinion holds more weight. So I I wanted to make sure that although I'm representing the Miss Universe organization, I still wanted to focus on being Deshana and being honest with how I felt about things going on around the world. Um, so I, I think that the weight and the pressure really increased, and um, making sure that I'm able 
to inspire because of course it's great like I said holding a state title or even not holding a title at all and just doing what you can for your causes and, and, and any advocacies that you're focused on but being Miss USA I just felt that responsibility increase by a thousand where I really have to say okay Deshauna you know what do you want to represent as Miss USA because that in itself holds power this is a very large platform um, so it's important that I represent it well so really just responsibility went from medium to incredibly high. <laughs> so in each, each level that you went from like Miss DC USA, and of course, like you had a really good solid sense of self and then you in essence graduated to Miss USA. Um, with that adjustment, did you almost have to reevaluate and have to re go back in and say, no, I'm still Deshauna. The responsibilities might be bigger, but I'm still me. I still have my voice. Or was it just a natural flow? I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, it definitely didn't feel natural, um, only because there there is a lot of Miss USAs or, or former Miss USAs that were already kind of in the spotlight. So they, they understood the weight of their voice. Um, they understand the weight of uh, a, a simple photo or a cute hairstyle or, or, or a basic quote or an opinion that's, that's posted on social media or in the entertainment business. And me going from working in department of commerce and, you know, going to my cubicle every day. And then one day waking up and I'm in New York city and I have all these followers on Instagram. I had like 800 followers back then. And now I have 111,000. Wow. So it's like, I went from, I went from being so far from the spotlight to being in the spotlight. So it almost felt incredibly overwhelming um, the first month being in front of the camera and having to, to speak on all these topics because I was never in that spotlight initially. So I, I felt like I really had to say, okay, Deshauna, you, this isn't what you're used to, but this is what you signed up for. It's a, it's a true dream come true. So how are you going to be able to take this platform and being able to use it as a way to um, really be able to advocate for your causes? What are you going to represent as Miss USA? So I know other girls may have had a, a very easy transition, but for me, I really had to understand how to be in the spotlight um, without losing character and without um, losing a sense of self. And I, I feel like I was able to kind of do that over about a month period of time. I was able to understand, okay, you're Miss USA, you're Miss USA. It, it really took a, a, a while to digest um, walking into a room and everyone, you know, swarming you for photos and, and things along those lines. Definitely something that I had to get used to. And it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, just quite the Cinderella story. And just listening to you talk, you had 800 followers on Instagram. And though it's not, I don't wouldn't say right, a lot of times people evaluate their self-worth uh, based on how many followers of, they have on social media, especially like Gosh, high school. Yes. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> so you were the same amazing person when you had 800 followers mm -hmm. as you are now, but now just more people know about you. So you have 100,000. Right? I mean, yeah, that. yeah. I yeah, I don't want anyone to like equate um their their popularity or, or how good of a person they are based on their Instagram followers. I think I meant more so just saying in terms of being in the spotlight, um, having a lot of people watching me at one time. 
going from 800 followers to, to over 100,000, I had to kind of transition uh, to not even caring about photos, not even caring about little things like that, um, to, to having people that don't even know you um, kind of pay attention to what you're doing, rather than with the 800 followers, all just personal friends. Um, so I, I had to get used to that transition. Yeah, and I, I didn't take it as a negative thing at all with what you're saying. Um, I just think it's like, because there's been stages in my life where like opportunity comes and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you jump to a different level of, of influence. And for all the girls that are listening right now, I mean, that's the great thing. Like you are an amazing individual at 800 followers. Oh, you, you. you are an amazing individual at a hundred thousand. It hasn't changed you, um, which is a testimony. And I feel like one of the reasons, the underlining reasons of why you won um, because you weren't in competition with anyone else. You're just in competition with who you are and staying true to yourself. So, well, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's so important. Even for even any pageant girls that are listening, I think it's it's so incredibly important that when you're going up to compete, that you don't focus on the people around you because I mean that's that's just a way to be swallowed up in, in anxiety and comparing yourself to the, the women that surround you. The, the main thing to do is to walk on stage and, and be the best you that you can be. I mean, if I sat around and looked at all the girls behind me, I probably wouldn't have even walked on stage because it's just all these gorgeous and, and very well-qualified women all um, competing for the same title. So I think it's all always important when you're walking on stage to to focus on yourself. Don't compare yourself to anyone else there and just focus on representing the best you that you can represent. Did you have any tricks that you implemented personally um, to keep your focus just on yourself and not the comparison game? Hmm, tricks. So I don't know if I would define this as a trick, but what I used to do when I was competing for pageants is I would wait desperately until the the contestants were posted on the, the state site. And then I would go through and research each and every girl, write their names down and then like rate them from a one to 10 in terms of competition. (laughs) And, and I would be so focused when I got to the competition on what they look like. How are they wearing their hair? I need to make sure she's, I'm wearing, I'm not wearing white because she's wearing white. I need to make sure I don't wear this color. I don't have my hair like this because I don't want to look like her. My focus was always on the other girls and not focused on me. Therefore, it became almost a distraction and it became fake when I would walk on stage because I'm like, oh, her walk is good. Let me do, let me walk like she's walking. Let me spin like she's spinning. And it just, it wasn't original. Um, and it was just a, an, an imitation and, and so what I did when I finally figured out how to be myself, <laughs> I um, never looked on the state website, never looked at the contestants. I told myself, you're not going to research anybody. You're not going to hashtag and search for who's hashtagging uh, the same state pageant that you're doing. You need to focus on you. So that was kind of my trick to avoid um, almost getting nervous and, and start focusing on other people is to avoid um, researching anyone else that I was competing against. It became easier to focus on being the best me when I didn't even know who the other girls were. Was there something that happened to you or a certain person that you had a conversation with that created this idea of like stop researching other people or does it just happen organically? 
I think it happened organically. You know, it, I was not fully successful until I won. And it's because I was 26. And at the time that was, you know, MBO's aging out, aging out uh, age limit. And I said, you know what, Deshauna, you have been doing this for seven years. You have been um, not being yourself in front of the judges. You've been so focused on trends and who's who, how many colors are, how many girls have won in white the past 10 years? How many girls have won in yellow? Maybe I'll win if I were in red. All these things I say, you know what, just walk in there, have your, your, your best foot forward. It is your last opportunity. Just focus on being you. And that's the year that I won. And um, it, it, there wasn't anyone that told me anything. I did pick up my first coach and um, I, I, I called her and I told her that, hey, you know, this is my last year. I, I need your help. And I was kind of a not a nag, but I would call her and like, well, you know, I didn't like my my eyebrows in this photo. I didn't like my makeup in this photo. I don't think we should use it as a headshot. And she just said, you know what, Deshauna, you need to relax. <laughs> She's like, you need to relax. She's like, you're, you're being entirely too critical over things that the judges probably won't even notice. So, um, yeah, I think that not only just focusing on where I failed in the past, also having a really good um, conversation with my coach. That's awesome. Now, is there anything that you learned while competing for Miss Universe that you wish you would have known when you were competing on the state level? Hmm, it's a good question. Anything I've learned at Miss Universe? Huh. I don't I'm I don't want to say I didn't learn anything. I learned so much. Now, whether or not I felt like I wish I had known it on the state level is the question. Um I think the main thing, which I feel like I somewhat did on the state level, was to to be able to focus on friendships. I, I think that that's one thing that that girls don't think about when they're competing because they're they're in that real competitive mindset. You know, you're never going to be in that moment ever again. And um, when I went to not only compete at Universe but even USA. I really focused on getting to know the girls that were around me because I always told myself, you know, Deshauna, if you don't walk away with the crown, the least thing you'll walk away with 50, 51 other friendships or, or 85 other friendships or 20 other friendships. At least you're walking away with um, women that you can call on if you're ever in their area or women that want to go out for drinks, women that want to hang out and really women that are educated, um, women that uh, that can be used for, for networking opportunities women that can become your, your best friends. Um, even at Miss USA, my, my roommate was Miss Kansas USA, Vicki Wiggins, and she's one of my best friends now. So I, I'm, I'm not a big, big chase, really not. Although I've, I've been quite successful with winning Miss USA. I really focus on enjoying my time and, um, enjoying the girls that surround me. Yeah, love Vicky. She's the soul of the earth. I mean, she's just she a great human being. Yeah, <laughs> she uh, really is. <laughs> now, did you feel an increased amount of pressure at Miss Universe um, versus when you're competing at Miss USA? Oh gosh, yes. You know, at at USA, coming from DC, uh, DC hadn't placed in ten years, um, and and DC is one of like the underdog. Um, not a state, but it's underdog considered a state at this point. Um, it's an underdog state. So nobody saw me coming. I was relaxed. You know, I didn't have to worry about any pressure. 
because even if I placed, that's better than any Miss DC's done in the past 10 years. So, you know, you're doing pretty good if you at least place. And if you don't place, nobody would be surprised either. So it was it was like I was working in a very underdog um, position, which I like because I don't like um, that spotlight on. Um, I don't like that spotlight on me because I feel like that spotlight adds pressure. So going from representing D.C., a place that no one ever thinks is the most competitive state at USA and going to be Miss USA competing at Universe, which is the most successful uh, country at Universe, uh, minus Venezuela. I walked in with all this pressure and all this criticism at the same time, because, of course, there are people that thought I deserved to be Miss USA. Then there are people that didn't think I deserved to be Miss USA. So it was so much pressure because so many people had their eyes on me and so many people expected me to fail. So I I don't like I prefer the underdog. All these states are just like, oh, you know, I, I wish I had the recognition that you have. And all these people are, you know, paying you attention. I'm like, no, honey, it's really not all that fun because it's all it is is added over added pressure for myself, for anybody that placed top three last year, which would be Philippines, um, Philippines, USA and then Colombia. So I think all three of us felt the most pressure myself. um, uh, Andrea and Maxine, us three probably felt the most pressure out of all the girls there because it's almost as if there's a there's a standard that you have to live up to based on the the previous title holder. So um, I went in there feeling so much stress, so much pressure, and just wanting to do well. Versus DC, I wanted to go in there and have a good time. If I place, I place. If I don't, I don't. It, it's we're I'm I'm not. No one's paying any attention to me anyway. So yeah, the, the pressure level was very different. Did you have any like new strategies that you implemented at universe to somewhat handle that pressure or just kind of deal with it emotionally? You know, I, how did I deal with it? I think that there wasn't really a strategy in dealing with it because obviously everyone knows by now that I'm in the military. I, I, the way I deal with pressure is I don't think about it because there is, I try not to take, I don't want to say I don't take pageants seriously. I take pageants seriously, but when I look at pageants, they're not a life and death. (laughs) They're not a life and death uh, situation. So when I think of pressure, I don't consider it a life and death situation. Therefore, I just don't think about it at all. Um, being in the military, we're just taught to to be able to deal with pressure. We'll be able to deal with, um, you know, real mental and physical, your, your mental and physical maximum, um, having that, that agility. And I deal very well with emotional stress, mental stress, and, and dealing with emotional and mental pressure. I, I, I deal quite well with it. So I just don't think about it long story short. When I, when I went there, I understood that everyone was like, all USA, all USA, all USA. I felt a lot of pressure, but I was like, you know, it is what it is. I just want to come here, have a good time and meet 85 women from around the world that are all so amazing and sweet and just want to do well for their country. So although I knew that the pressure existed, my focus was just on having a good time. 
Yeah, when you compare pageantry to the military, there's definitely zero pressure in pageantry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, because I, I, when people are like, "Are you doing okay? Or how's it, how's the day going?" I'm like, "I'm fine." Yeah. Like y'all need bullets are flying at me. I'm good. Yeah, you know, I'm good. And and like I said, some girls they walk into these pageants and they're like, you know, it's life or death, the end of the world if I don't walk away with the crown. And that's just not the mentality to have because I just look at all the horrible things that's going on around the world and you're like, is this pageant really the end of your happiness? I just I never thought of it that way. However, I did want to win this universe, but I'm I'm not gonna I'm I'm not going to really knock myself down if I don't. The main thing I want to do is have a good and if I have a good time, then I'm walking out of the Philippines feeling like I succeeded as Miss USA. Yeah. And nobody likes someone that's desperate. Like if you go in for a job interview where you're trying to pick up a guy or a guy's trying to pick up a girl, desperation never attracts anything. And oh. if you, you like need it to validate your existence, you, I mean, the crowd's going to like run away from you. It's the uh, truth. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, like... How is competing in a televised pageant different from competing in a non-one? Well, again, the pressure is, 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 is serious because, of course, if you're talking about uh, your own Fox, millions of people are watching. If, if you mess up on an on-stage question or if you slip and fall, that's national and international television, and nobody forgets it. Nope. So... Uh, the difference, the good thing about DC is, um, it's actually there. There isn't a webcast, or at least the year that I competed, there wasn't a webcast. So hey, if I mess this up, there is absolutely no proof unless maybe somebody gets a good video on their phone. Other than that, I'm good to go. So I, I think that the main thing is just that that evidence of failure, if you in fact do fail. I, I think that being on television is so scary, especially when it's live. It's just so many mistakes that you're thinking about. Do I fall? And of course, they have the the Miss USA. Um, what do you call it? The the the, the Miss USA curse, where they had a, a streamline of Miss USA's that all fell during evening gown. Right. So that's what I was thinking about during evening gown. Is oh gosh, Dejana, don't fall because they're gonna be playing that video over and over again. So um, you know, there's there's definitely a few things to think about um, in terms of di- the difference, but still the pressure is, is one of the main things. Yeah. Now, how has your winner's mindset evolved over time from DC to USA to universe? Or we could even winner's take it to the military. Yeah. Military to DC, USA. Just like your your belief in yourself to win and, and that confidence. Hmm. I think it's it's almost I want to say it's almost maintained itself because I just don't equate being a winner per se with the crown. Like I feel like you're a winner if you walk away happy, if you walk away feeling like you know what I did all that I could. Um I do see so much more potential for myself than I've ever seen in my life because I never really knew what I wanted to be in life other than Miss USA and um, a soldier. That was always my mentality. I knew that I could be a soldier, you know, but whether or not I knew I could be Miss USA, that's, that's something that's quite questionable um, in terms of the, the, what's the word, the probability of it happening. I knew that it was slim to none. So 
I never really thought I could get out of my cubicle working for the government. Not that it's bad to work for the government, but I never knew that I could be so much bigger than a government employee. So when I won Miss District of Columbia, USA, I'm like, okay, pretty good, Deshana, you know, pretty good. And then when I won Miss USA, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And I, I just saw all this potential for um, the impact that I can make as being Deshana um, on a on such a high scale. I, I saw so much potential. I, I saw so many doors open and things that I never thought could ever happen in my life. I was able to see that. Now, whether or not I considered the crown um, equated that to being a winner, I thought all of us were winners. I, I, I thought that myself, the other 51 girls at USA and the other 85 girls at US at Universe, I, I always felt like we were winners because, you know, we all did such a phenomenal job a phenomenal job um, representing our states and our countries. And we have so much to be proud of. Um, so I, I think the main thing that changed in me was seeing that I, I have so much potential to be much more than someone that, you know, works for Department of Commerce. Like there, there's so much more to what I can be than just that. Totally. So what are some items under $20 that cost $20 or less that you feel are must have items during competition? Ooh, double stick tape. That is a must, especially if you can't, um, if you don't have a needle and thread or if you're rushing in and out of uh, the backstage area, the dressing room to the stage, double stick tape is literally a lifesaver to put something together really quickly. Uh, butt glue is really important if you need to not only glue your swimsuit bottoms to yourself, but to glue your dress to yourself. I've had to do that a few times um, because I'm smaller and sometimes uh, I think a dress fits until I get it on. I'm like, hmm, this is a little bit looser than I expected. I'll take butt glue and rub it all over whatever area it is and just stick it on there. And I just pay for the consequences later. But um <laughs> Yeah, butt glue, double stick tape. Um, a needle and thread is good, but whether or not you have time to actually sew something together is the problem. But I would say a needle and thread is really important. Hairspray is really important, like a shine spray. If you're trying to not only shine your hair, sometimes when you walk into swimsuit, you know, you're taking your gown off and it's kind of rubbing all over your legs and it's, it's drying your legs out. So you can use the same hairspray, the shine spray, and just spray it all over your legs to add like a real sheeny shine uh, to your body. And especially over your stomach and um, to kind of define out your abdominals, it's really good to spray it on the outer perimeter, the outer perimeter of your uh, your six pack area. So I always like that. Um, bobby pins is a must have. In case you need to pin up your hair, numerous earring bags. When you're rushing and you're taking off one earring and putting on the other and you are hesitant, you're nervous. So you might drop your earring back and then you cannot find it. It's always good to have a little kit where you have a few extra earring bags um, in your little baggie. You could just say, OK, drop that one. Can't find it. Let me hurry up and put on another one because my pageant girls understand it's pure chaos in the dressing room. Pure chaos. So someone might bump into you as you're putting your earring on and then the earring back flies away. Um, what else is good? Um, uh, what do you call it? 
uh, foot uh, shoe insoles are good, especially to go into your swimsuit shoe if it's a tippy top especially I have uh, insoles in mine because when I get nervous my hands and my feet sweat probably too much information but anyway no, my hands no, and my not. feet sweat <laughs> you are not alone you are not alone hopefully I'm not it'd be like ew her hands and her feet sweat no but uh yeah my hands and my feet sweat so when I'm doing swimsuit I always like to do a cute spin when I'm walking and if my feet are sweating and there's no insole to absorb to the sweat, my foot will slide through and then I'll be stumbling on stage. So I think it's always good to have shoe uh, shoe insoles and really your evening gown and your um, your your swimsuit shoes, whether or not they're the same ones. What else? Lash glue. Obviously, you know, you go and get your your makeup done. Um but when you go and get your makeup done, sometimes the makeup artist doesn't put the lash on as strong as you'd like, and you might get a little bit sweaty. You might spray your face with um, some some prep and prime spray, or you might do something that might loosen up your lash. There's nothing worse than your lash falling off on stage. My lash was falling off on stage at Miss USA. I was on on stage question blinking hard because my lash was falling off, and I had no <laughs> lash glue. <laughs> to be able to glue it back on and the makeup artist was only allowed to bring out powder and a brush which was totally not helpful um so i think it's always good to have lash glue on hand yeah i think that's about all though that was amazing so much (laughs) so much gems there so many gems okay so (laughs) I, i only have time for one more question but what advice would you give a girl moving up to the next level for the very first time Moving up to the next level is in their their state, or they're they're moving on to the national level. Moving up, like from local to state, or state to national, or even national to international. Hmm. Well, I'll speak on interview. I don't. I can't really speak on 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 every other pageant system, but I can I can speak based on my experience. So I apologize if there's anyone listening and they're like that doesn't work in our system. I can only base it off of um my experience at the Miss Universe organization. And I, I personally think that in almost every pageant, I think interview wins. I really do. Um, I think that the most focus that you can put to get you to the next level is on interview prep at all times. Um, I think it's important to understand how you feel about certain hot topics And that understand that when you're walking into a judge's panel, that they just saw 40, 50, however many other girls. And all of those girls probably or may have made the mistake of being overly pageancy and overly politically correct with every answer that they give. (laughs) And that can bore judges up and down life and history and time. I mean... I don't think it's good to be pageanty and overly politically correct because it it appears to be fake. It doesn't appear to be genuine and it doesn't appear to be this is who this person is. So when I go into interviews, I'm so far from politically correct that it's crazy. I, I don't believe in in being um in saying answers based on my audience, I believe that it's important to stay true to who I am. So I found most success in my interviewing by being honest, but being honest, but not to the point where it offends the opposing side. 
And, and that's a that's a hard line to walk, but it is a possible line to walk where you might believe in this. And that may not be the, the, the same belief of the judges, but that's what you believe. So how do you say it without offending the opposing side? Because I think that that's what title holders represent. They represent Deshauna. Like I'm not rep, I'm not Miss USA and Deshauna's under the crown. I'm Deshauna and the crown is on my head. So I'm always going to say how I feel. So when I walk into my interview, I'm not politically correct. I say how I feel about certain topics, but I find that fine line between um, not offending the opposing side, but making it very clear that it's something that I might not totally agree with. So if I had to give, long story short, I can go on for days. If I had to give... um, full blown advice to someone when it comes to winning a pageant, I would say it's in that interview room and it's being authentic in every way possible. And it's being true to yourself because the judges can feel all oh, this girl is just being completely fake. Like there is no way she's like this in normal life. And they can tell when, wow, she's, she's real. Like she, she's, she, she's a real queen. And that's what a queen represents is someone that's authentic and someone that's not afraid of being themselves or afraid of stating their opinion, no matter what their opinion is. Um, so if I, I had to give uh, advice to audiences and people that are listening right now is to stay true to yourself, stay to stay authentic. And either the judges like it or they don't. It doesn't, it's not going to change anything. What's going to change things. If you look back and said, man, what would have happened if I walked in there and I was myself, what would have happened? There's no regret. If you're walking into an interview panel and you're focused on being you, there is regret. If you're being fake or you're being someone that you think they want you to be. So if I had to, yeah, be authentic. Be a hundred percent authentic, be real and and go in front of the judges and 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 show them who you are, and either they like it or they don't, either they like it or they don't <laughs> so good so good <laughs> thank you <laughs> yep so why don't you tell the listeners um where they can go to find out more about you um if they don't already follow you um and like what social media channels that you are most active on so that they can go and connect with you there if they haven't already so everyone can go to it's miss usa everything's the miss usa for twitter instagram snapchat and facebook um that's where that's all my my social media handles and the hmm, the social media that i normally pay attention to you know, I like pageant plants hit or miss. I'm going to say that because I like you guys, even <laughs> though I wasn't very happy. I, I loved um, you guys' review on my gowns. You're always very nice, but it's the other people that's like, this is horrible and all this they other stuff. They can be so brutal. But, <laughs> they can be so brutal. Yeah. But I, I do really love pageant planet hit or miss. I think it's always good to be able to get an outside perspective on um, gowns and what's kind of trending. Um, I also like watching the Miss Universe um, Instagram, of course, and that's Miss Universe, everything, Miss, U- Miss Universe, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, Miss Teen USA, all those handles. If that's the uh, the system that you want to focus on, if you're focusing on Miss America, Miss International, I think it's good to follow those handles because you're kind of able to get a gist of uh, the current title holder and possibly what the organization is looking for. Um, I also like to follow uh, the big designers that I love. So I like... Um, Oh, there's a few of them. I like Karen Millen. I like uh, Nicole Miller. I love um, to follow Mac Cosmetics to kind of get in cup. 
and I like to follow Chi Hair Care to get kind of nice tips on how to make my hair look as volume filled and all these other things. So um, that's all really good ones. I also like following Image Skin Care because it's good for tips on how to take care of your skin. And that's the main thing on stage. You want to make sure you have flawless skin. Um, so any skincare line that you like to follow, it's good to kind of be up to date on their products. Awesome. Well, Deshaunty, you've given so, us... So yeah, thank you about all of them. You, you've given us so much good information. And personally, I appreciate the shout outs too. Um, but thank you so much for just taking time out of your schedule to talk with us. I know the girls on the other end are taking copious notes and probably will replay it several times, but so many gems. We thank you so very much. Thank you, Steven. And thank you, Pageant Planner, for having me. I am such a fan. Love you guys. And anytime you need me, don't hesitate to, to, to reach out. Oh, we won't. <laughs> Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.